Hallmarkies and Sleuthers. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. Today we are doing our mystery recap, talking about the four mystery movies that aired recently. I am Jess, uh, your host for today, and with me I have Caroline. Hey y'all. And Anne. Hi everybody. So we had four new ones that recently aired, and our first one was the new Mystery 101 and Education and Murder. So I don't know about you guys, but I was so ready for this particular one. How, like, were you guys really excited for this particular movie to air, or like one of your favorite series, or how do you guys feel about it? I, I love this series. It's one of my favorites. And like ever since they started filming, I was like, I was ready for this one because I, I knew something was going to happen. And I was just like, I need to see it. Like I need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely say I was ready too. I think Mystery 101 is my favorite series. Um, so I was really ready. I'm always ready when they have a new one of these. And I was really hoping something special would happen in this one, which we'll talk about. And um, yeah, yeah. So I, was, I was thrilled um, when, I, when it was coming. I was really excited. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, it's, it's probably my favorite of the mystery series. Um, and so, okay, so we know that Mr. Widow One stars Jill Wagner and Chris Palaha as lovely Amy Winslow and Detective Travis Burke. Um, and is written by John Christian and Plummer, who I think is a really, really um, fantastic writer. And so in this one, there was a man named Mac McKinnon. And according to you know the reports they had, he murdered a fellow professor, Nicole Ford, over some forged Mark Twain pages, supposedly. Um, Mac maintained his innocence kind of throughout the whole thing. Um, and so the, the case kind of gets brought up because there is a writer named Ella Quincy who's going to write a book about the case. And so she starts talking to Amy about it. And so did you guys have any initial thoughts on, on Mac? And, you know, did you believe that he was innocent or anything like that? I, I, I hoped he was innocent the whole time because I, I love the actor, Steve Basic. And so I'm like, he can't be the bad guy. So. <laughs> Just on that alone, I was like, good guy. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like, I really hope he didn't do it. But the beginning, I kind of wasn't sure. Um, but I was really hoping. I was like, please tell me, like, he didn't do this. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very hopeful on his on his innocence. And so um, so let's start with just the mystery portion. And then we'll kind of kind of get into the, the fun Amy and Travis stuff last. Um, okay, so we had many different uh, characters here. So we had Ella Quincy, who was the writer. Um, we have Blake Newman, who was uh, in Amy's class. And we learned that he gets this publishing offer on a book, Murder While I Smile, which I think is a very <laughs> odd title yeah. for a book. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, we have Howard Clausen, who was the original detective on the case. We also have Linda, who was Mac McKinnon's wife, mm. um, as well as Nicole uh, Ford's husband, Dwight Merrill. Um, so, so let's talk about first about um, Ella Quincy. So she was the writer and she was a little mysterious. Uh, she, she, when she talked with Amy, she didn't want to like kind of give up all of her information. Mm -hmm. um, was she someone you guys suspected at all? Or 
do you, did you think she was just like a writer like keeping her secrets kind of thing like a reporter almost at first I thought like no she like she was like just a writer but then like as it went on I'm like oh maybe she did do it but then like I just kept going back and forth like but at, at first I didn't think she was like I, she was low on my list mm-hmm yeah, I definitely felt like she was one of the people they for sure like tried to sell us that she could have done it, like tried to sell us like as the person. But I wasn't that suspicious of her because it seemed like they were trying to sell it too much. Um, but <laughs> but but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I could see how she she was could be suspicious uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I could see she didn't want to give up her information, which I can kind of see. But um I believe because when they there was at one point where because um, she wanted to talk to Mac McKinnon and he at first didn't respond to her and then Amy kind of got him to give the okay we'll do it but you have to tell us why you think he's innocent and she didn't mm-hmm. give up that information even then mm-hmm. yeah so I thought that was interesting like you're getting the opportunity to talk to the man and <laughs> yeah and yeah. you still will give it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was weird and let's talk about this detective Howard Clausen he's He's a bit of a character. I mean, I, I kind of get his point. You know, that the case was originally his with, with Mac and um, the murdered woman, Nicole. And obviously he believes that Mac is, is guilty or he wouldn't have put him in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys think he was overly defensive of kind of his, his position? Or do you think that's pretty on par with what you would think for maybe a detective who's just a little protective of... I, th- I, think, he, I think it was like just being a detective like this is like my case like I did it like it's I know what happened and all that stuff like I I just I didn't think he was like over dramatic you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I thought okay so he at one point when Amy came outside he like tried to corner her right Mm -hmm. yeah and he also left the the original note on her car outside of jail I think that said stay away Mm -hmm. so yeah I think I understood his his feelings but he just took it mm-hmm. way too far yeah um because you know he you know according to the, the evidence he had they they found the the strychnine which was the poison that killed nicole they found it in max safe i mean it seemed like a pretty pretty open and shut case you know they mm-hmm. had been seen arguing and and all of that um and what i thought was I mean, this is kind of going into the travis and amy but why we're on it um I really liked that Travis stood up for Amy when, mm-hmm. when Howard was all like, you know, this, this girl's poking her nose in this and, you know, kind of, you need to get her to stand down. And, it, mm-hmm. and Travis was like, well, if you've got nothing to, to hide, we've got nothing to worry about. And I really thought that was really, really neat that he stood up for Amy. Cause sometimes detectives, you know, they, they got the code, you know, and they'll just mm-hmm. oh yeah stand up for each other. So I thought that was uh, really nice that he stood up for, for Amy, even though he agreed, you know, stop yeah Stop poking your nose <laughs> yeah. in other people's business <laughs> mm-hmm. and so then we have linda who is Max's wife mm-hmm. um who was supposedly out of town the night of the murder at some yogi retreat called sky mountain <laughs> and what amy thinks is a little suspicious is that there's no photos of mac anymore in in linda's pictures like he just it's like she's basically removed him from your yeah. life so i don't know if i would see that as quite i mean if you think you're if your husband isn't put away for murder i mean i'm probably the one to move on to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i would uh, i mean <laughs> yeah 
Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they think he's a murderer. Like, I want one pictures of my murderer husband floating around yeah. my house. Like, for people to come in and see. Yeah, yeah. that's my husband. Like, he's not here. Like, yeah, he's in jail. He, he yeah. you know, yeah. killed a woman. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. Yeah. But I still love him. It's so good. <laughs> and then we also have Nicole's husband, Dwight. And he was um, like a therapist of some sort and what was interesting about this Dwight guy um he came to the book reading uh for Amy's dad he came to the book reading but he was clearly not there for the books because he totally bought you know Amy so cleverly it's like oh yeah this book's your favorite right and he's like oh yeah and that wasn't a real book (laughs) that was good on Amy like yeah (laughs) that was definitely super clever of her I was, I think I was really confused with him at first. I didn't really know who he, I mean, I, I think we had been told he was the husband, but I was like, okay, I don't understand. Like, what, yeah, why is he here? What does he have to do with any of this? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It seemed kind of confusing when it first happens. Like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah I, had to, I had to, like, go back. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's the husband. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, but we finally kind of get to, to what, how he kind of gets involved. Because we learn through Amy's, you know, very resourceful digging, that there was another professor at a different college, uh, Grover College in Oregon, um, who was also poisoned using strychnine. And he's like, okay, this is a little suspicious. It's a very, very similar, um, similar case. And apparently this, she goes, Amy goes to the college and talks to somebody i don't know who it was um but she learns that this professor believed that one of her students was plagiarizing and the guy's name was bobby hurst um and they had published it in their their literary magazine and then um we learned that jill this professor her therapist was dwight so she had been seeing dwight so we're starting to put some pieces together and I think it's around this point uh, in the in the movie that Amy, I have to laugh at the scene, Amy goes down in the basement and is looking for some old records and somebody turns out the light and like topples over the the um, shelves on her yeah. and she just goes, yeah. oh, <laughs> like or something. I'm like, that was so like, why are you screaming? Like somebody is like trying to kill you. Obviously, yeah, yeah trying to attack you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's like... The smallest reaction to, <laughs> to, to what was happening, yes. Yeah, I was like, I would have been shrieking my mind out. Well. Oh, yeah. me too. Me I would have been crying. Like, huh? <laughs> You're in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, uh, Amy starts to put more pieces together. She learned that Ella Quincy went to Grover College, where this other professor taught, and that she was a work-study student for Jill. So now we have Ella is connected to this other professor who also died under very suspicious circumstances, uh, much like Nicole Ford did. However, that doesn't uh, go very far because Ella turns up dead. There goes our red heron. Yes, so now we know that, well, Ella is probably not the killer because someone just killed her, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Travis and Amy do some more digging, and they also pay a visit to to Mac, and they learn that Mac and Nicole were in love. 
and they were discussing divorcing their spouses. And um, I think it was Nicole had said, if you don't tell Linda, then I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're really getting, okay, so we have Mac. He was married to Linda, but he was uh, clearly in love with Nicole, who was married to Dwight. And now we got all these complicated relationships. And by this point, my mind just like can't even keep up because yeah. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening anymore. <laughs> and so um, I guess before we get any farther, like who did you guys originally suspect? Did you have someone in mind through all this or up to this point? Did you have someone you were like, I think it's this person? I, I thought it was the like, um, his wife you know that did it like at first that linda did it yeah yeah and i can't like i I did not get the person who did it like i i that was i did not guess right so yeah she definitely had motive her you know her husband was about to to leave her in theory for nicole so there's definitely some some motive there how about you ann yeah um i'll tell you guys my secret to solving these which is not really a secret but (laughs) um i usually always i always i always think it's somebody that it's not so the person i thought like okay i really thought it was the wife too but usually what i do is i go okay so i think it's the wife but (laughs) i'm like it's always the person a new person that's been introduced that seems to have no purpose so then I always think when I'm watching the movie, I think, okay, who's a new person that's introduced that seems to have no purpose so far mm-hmm. and that they've either, they've either very lightly grazed over or haven't even suspected at all. And it's right. always that person. And so this time I did end up guessing correctly um, oh. to, get to the person. Cause I was like, this person was introduced and they seem to have no like purpose to be in this movie really. And then that's who it was. But my instinct was telling me, okay, I think it's the wife from what they were kind of trying to sell us. Yeah, I actually, this was out of all four. This was the only uh, only movie that I got the person correct on that I guessed correctly. Um, I'll get into oh. a little bit more. But I, I try not to make a, like a guess until like halfway through because you just don't have enough information yeah. by mm. that point. Um, but yeah, so I think that Amy and Travis were also suspecting the wife, Linda, um, because they stake out her house. And they follow her to Dwight's um, and they learn that both Linda and Dwight were at the retreat at Sky Mountain, but not for yoga, as Linda had said. It was actually a retreat for substance abuse. And so, and apparently that Dwight went to the book signing, we also learned then, because he wanted to convince Ella not to write the book. So obviously, like we knew he was not there for uh, Graham's books, (laughs) but he was there to talk to Ella. Um, cause obviously there was a lot of complicated secrets here that are, would get revealed through this, through this book. And so it's around this time, Amy starts putting all the dots together. She's like, everybody in this case is connected through literature. And so we have Nicole Ford, who she learns was involved in the same magazine that had that students plagiarized article. They start putting more and more pieces together. And so then, in the big reveal, um, Travis and Amy go to visit Blake and Cleverly to kind of out the person here. They ask for security cam footage from the bookstore um, of the, the night of the reading. And they see him uh, that he hands Ella a paper and on it it says, don't say anything, let's talk, I'll make it worth it. And so then Amy is able to connect Blake to 
Bobby, who was the, the person who wrote the plagiarized article, is the same person with two names. So he's using an alias. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess he had submitted something that Nicole recognized from her time at Grover College. And so she realized, Nicole realized, oh, this was the plagiarizing student. And so he, he killed her. So yeah, so and you said you had guessed this him correctly? Yeah, when I tra- when I went at it from that angle that I told you, then I was like, okay, Blake doesn't seem to really have that much of a purpose in this film, and he was introduced for some reason. I was like, so I think it's going to end up being him. Because it's the person that, you know, they, they don't really ever talk about, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, they come out of right field, like, oh, it's this person. And so he was just the guest that I had and happened to be right this time, so. Right. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of my thing, too. Like, they brought in this new student at the very beginning mm-hmm. with this book, and he didn't really seem to have a purpose. And then they had that, the random plagiarizing student's angle. And I'm like, as soon as I heard the thing about plagiarizing, I'm like, this other guy's a writer. Mm-hmm. He's plagiarizing something. And so I got suspicious of him once I kind of, like, hooked on that the plagiarizing angle was the big thing in the, in the what I thought was the reason for the murder. Yeah, and then we have the big takedown scene because, of course, he doesn't just surrender. He has of to Of course, his own horse. Yeah, struggle, <laughs> chase, you know. Yeah, what did you guys think of that takedown scene? I remember <laughs> laughing. I don't know. I can't remember it that clearly, but I remember laughing. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a little silly. I thought the pair of scissors looked, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so fake. Like, they looked like they were made out of cardboard and i was like <laughs> oh, yeah and i was like oh that was kind of bad and a <laughs> but you know it was all good <laughs> in the end but yeah. funny. they're always they're always the takedowns are always funny to watch for me it's yeah <laughs> so now let's get to the real point we are all watching this episode amy and travis okay <laughs> we the i feel it was the movie before they had almost kissed and they got interrupted uh <laughs> was did they get interrupted by Graham or was it somebody else? I think it was Graham. Graham, yeah, so the dad. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is funny because then in oh, this yeah. movie, he interrupts <laughs> them again. I know. I was like, come on, man. They're trying to have a moment. Can you just go away? <laughs> yeah, because uh, like, let her be happy. <laughs> but then I loved when, oh, shoot, they were, I think they were just together discussing the case and they were eating dinner. Oh, and yes. then and Travis leads forward. He's like, you know what we're missing right now? <laughs> your dad that was so funny that was funny (laughs) i just died i love that line because it's so true like really good it's like couples in these movies are always getting interrupted and they never just like be like you know what like people keep interrupting us (laughs) their chemistry is just amazing anyway they have yeah they just have amazing chem the best chemistry to me of any of the mystery couples Mm -hmm. and then of course at the end we finally get our kiss that we've been Yay! waiting for four or five movies. <laughs> I have to say, if they don't do this now, and because of this pandemic, we can't have filming for like months. Like, if they don't do this now, I will scream. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I think we most of us probably thought I think last movie that they were finally going to, but then you know, of course, they get interrupted. But yeah, um, yeah. So we so we finally got Arcus. Finally, I was so excited. Yeah. I was like squealing on my couch. <laughs> Me too. I'm yeah. like, ah. 
Yeah. I think one of the things I really love about these two is they have such good banter. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was another scene I forgot to mention where they're like, they're going over the notes together and he's like teasing her because she was on the honor roll. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget what she said, but he's like, she's like, oh, you're going to tease me about that too? He's like, no, I'm going to file it away and tease you later. And it's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so funny. They're so cute. They're so cute. Like, Great I love banter. banter. But, um, okay. So, how did you guys feel about this um, in the in the series? Do you, do you like this one better than the other ones so far? Strictly of the mysteries, I think it's about like the the same, but because of the kiss, it just elevated like tenfold. So it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. So just because of the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say it's like in my top two. I mean, the kiss obviously makes it better. Um, but in terms of the mystery part, I would say, yeah, in the top two of the mystery 101 um, for me. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. And the kiss was extra good. So, yeah. <laughs> Finally got it. Now we get to see what happens next. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. I think it was my, my favorite so far of the, of the whole series. I, I just loved it. What would you guys rate it overall? From one to, to five stars. 4.75 okay. out of five. Very high. Yes. Mm. I think uh, 4.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd also give it the same. 4.5. Those scissors, man. I, <laughs> I, I cannot get over the scissors. <laughs> Looking like cardboard. <laughs> oh. you, weren't, you weren't sold. No, I was not sold on the scissors, but I did. I did love love the episode as a whole. It was, I I thought it was funny, and of course, yes, we get, we got our kiss. All right, so moving on to the the next one, we had our Ruby Herring prediction murder. I don't know about you guys, but um, I was a little uh, surprised, I guess, that the we had a whole movie about a psychic. I don't have any issue with it, but I was like, that seems like something Hallmark maybe wouldn't want to like. Yeah, I kind of thought yeah. that too. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's a little bold for Hallmark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, so we have our, I mean, this is the third? Third, yes. Third movie in the series. Yes. Um, and so we have Taylor Cole as Ruby Herring and Stephen Huzar as Detective Jake Killian. And um, they're, and again, it is involving an old, an old murder and <laughs> the theme i guess for yes. now um that there was a psychic who had been killed five years earlier and this one's a little interesting because they they really don't uh the detectives slash ruby aren't really um nothing really brings them into the case it's someone draws ruby into the case by leaving this lovely little note on her door with a riddle well not a riddle mm-hmm. more like a poem i guess um mm-hmm. that leads her to uh some coordinates to a gun uh that was supposedly part of the psychic's murder so what were your guys like initial thoughts on this like oh someone just leaving this uh these clues on her door randomly from an old murder that nobody's even really thinking about right now i, I love that like it was different like because i eat Honestly, sometimes you're like, how did they get involved with this? Like, they're, they, they, they really yeah. shouldn't, they really shouldn't be getting involved. Mm-hmm. And so, like, having it, them giving her the clues and stuff, I like that better instead of them just, like, jumping in without any need yeah, to. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, I like that part. It was different. 
because everybody else just jumps right in like but she was drawn into it because they left it there right Mm -hmm. yeah i think rachel's mentioned it before that ruby herring's like the one like that she kind of has a reason like she's an investigative reporter like that's kind of what they do is like butt their noses into things and like Mm -hmm. you know try to investigate things that's their job so it makes a little bit more sense but obviously this one is a little more personal because they literally put it on her doorstep yeah um and I loved, so she called, um, she called Jake after finding this note. And I mm-hmm. love that he had an apron on and it said, keep calm yeah. and detective on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so great. Whoever decided that was a good idea. That was, yeah. That, that, that was that so was funny. funny. Yeah. Oh, and he looked adorable. so cute. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah. He was like, like trying to make the souffle. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is like. This go is ahead. So different. Ahead. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. On gourmet detective, you know, I expect that. But for Jake, you know, to be like this sensitive man who cooks in an apron is just like I don't know why it's funny, but it's just it's not funny, but it's just sweet and like yeah, cute, yeah. Know? Well, I think it's funny. He's cooking a soup or he's baking a souffle. <laughs> yeah, that's like a hard thing to bake. So yeah, and then of course you know it uh, falls because yes, Kirby calls and. Uh, <laughs> But um, they uh they go down to the where the coordinates are. They find the revolver in the little lake or whatever, um, and they bring it to the forensics team to help because the serial number had been scratched up. And they do their little forensics voodoo um mm-hmm. to uh to get the serial number <laughs> off of the gun. Um, and so they're able to to track the gun to this man named Elijah Bart. He was, was deceased, so obviously he uh, he did not do it unless he mm-hmm. came back from the dead. I don't know. This is a, a psychic murder, so you never know. Yeah. Um, but uh, then they realized he has a son named Henry um, mm-hmm. who sold this gun to the, a pawn shop. And I think I was really confused on this part when I first watched it. So the psychic's shop is also a pawn shop. And I did not, like, it, my brain didn't put it together right away. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah. yeah. They, like, I don't think that was very clear like because they never like talked about them together until like they went and saw the uh, the daughter and they're like oh take us to the shop and it's just like in the back <laughs> so anyway they uh, they learned the gun um was in the possession of Henry Bards he sold it and he's also an instructor at a golf course mm-hmm. and then there's another whole backstory thing going on with Ruby as going to some kind of like high school reunion and she uh, of course meets her her ex uh, i think ex-fiance right because they almost got yeah, married yeah ex-fiance yeah and his name's luke and so what are you guys thoughts on on ruby and her ex like what are some initial uh, thoughts there i don't know i just felt it was like awkward and just i could see why they could shouldn't be together uh for sure i don't know i i was kind of like mm, i wasn't a fan yeah because yeah, i like um I like what's this Jake? I was about to call him Stephen, but I, I like, <laughs> we like Stephen too. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Jake and Ruby together. So I was not rooting for for guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Is is very very awkward, and he's like clearly still interested. And she's like, yeah. I left you for like I I broke up this wedding <laughs> for a reason, pal. Exactly. Hello. <laughs> like, let's get the picture here. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because again we have a, a repeating thing here. Is this is not the only movie that deals with the next. So we have two mm-hmm. two movies in the mystery series here that deal with X. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. 
Um, but anyway, at this reunion uh, thing, uh, Ruby goes with her assistant Derek. Who I love he's he's hilarious. Um, yes, and they so I guess did Derek go to the, the high school too? Uh, it uh, kind of seemed that way, or at least to me, like because he. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of yeah, that is how they made it seem. Because yeah, they didn't like explicitly say it, but he's like, yeah, I gotta like go redeem myself in this dance-off battle. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which that was like so. Um, I was like, wow, a dance battle in a homework movie. Okay, like. Same. I'm gonna jump ahead for a second here while we're on this. We did not get to see enough of that dance battle. Like I was like, I'm ready for a full out like yeah. step up like version of a dance off here. Yeah. It was like they just like did like a little hook and then they were like, Okay, we're done. But I was you know, like, I, no. It could have gone on for another couple of minutes for me and I would have enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm like, I love a good dance battle. I felt like I got like chip oh, there a little bit. I'm like, yeah. But anyway, um so <laughs> <laughs> while they're at the high school they meet this woman named sloan waller who i believe was a teacher mm-hmm. or was teaching at the school so at first we don't really think much of her we, we don't know any information uh, but we learn a lot more about her in the next uh, few scenes here because ruby of course doing her digging that she does goes to the golf course to get a lesson from henry so we learn that he was an instructor um and we learn there that sloan was henry's ex-fiance and that she just loved going to see this psychic. Like she, she consulted uh, yeah. Rose, the psychic, on like everything. She spent like all their money. Um, and eventually the psychic convinced Sloane to not marry Henry. So mm-hmm. the psychic was pretty heavily intertwined with yeah. Sloane and Henry. What, did you guys have any thoughts on that? I just thought that was so strange, like to yeah. be that that like attached and that much use that much insight from a psychic. I just thought that was strange to me, but yeah, I definitely thought it was like strange, you know. But right. I, I kind of suspected that one of the two, like to to be the person who did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I thought was weird was like she she like literally thought the psychic was her friend. I'm like, if, mm-hmm. if someone's your friend, like maybe you like give her like some of your psychic services for free like not yeah. take all her money right? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like why are you charging her all the time yeah i friends. don't pay my friends yeah <laughs> but yeah and we also learned that sloan went to singapore after that she and henry broke it off and she went to singapore to teach english and now henry initially was very upset obviously because the psychic ruined his almost marriage and took all their money um, but now he's happily married to a woman named Monica, um, who also is working at the golf, uh, the golf course. And um, they're having, Monica and Henry are having a baby, whether they haven't really told anybody yet. Um, so Henry's story turned out just fine, mm-hmm. thankfully. Mm-hmm. And so then we meet another character, Emily, who's Rose's daughter. And did you guys think that the, um, that was her daughter when you first met her? No. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, because she kept calling her Rose, like, yeah. like yeah. an employee. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, uh, which Ruby questions her on later. She's like, why do you call your mom Rose? Like, she's your mom. And apparently we learned that um, Rose, I guess, was, was very kind and loving to her, um, to her customers, but not so much to her family, it seemed. Um, so Emily seemed very bitter about her mother, which I thought was weird because she's working 
for her mother or unless she was just there after the fact and then we meet another colorful character named travis true who is a rival psychic um (laughs) rival psychic and he threatened to kill rose in a group chat and then said the death card was coming for her <laughs> because <laughs> rose called him a fraud and people wrote some bad reviews and he blamed her for all this bad publicity and so how did you guys think of travis this uh interesting psychic character here he was definitely interesting <laughs> i did, yeah. i kind of i kind of like suspected him but then i'm like that's too easy so it's not him yeah mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I thought he was he was definitely um, an interesting character, definitely different. And I was like, okay, so we don't only have one psychic in this movie, we've got rival psychics. I'm like, this is really <laughs> psychic. Like, wow. I mean, it's what's heavy on the psychic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And um, he comes into more suspicion because, so back to Ruby getting clues, she gets a second clue. Um, somebody slips a little envelope on her car and mm-hmm. it contains a little like device that has some surveillance footage from the the pawn shop slash psychic shop and (laughs) we uh we see an angry customer um and then someone who comes in after him and the first customer turns out to be henry who had gone to see rose because you know she broke up his engagement and the second person turned out to be travis so henry and travis come under more suspicion for i believe those we're on the night of the murder. We're very close to the murder. Yeah, ve- yeah very close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they come under more suspicion. Um, and so I love that <laughs> when, um, so obviously uh, because of this, um, Jake goes to talk to Travis and let's talk about the reading. <laughs> and he makes, he makes oh, yeah. Jake take the little reading. What did you guys think of that scene? That was, uh, that was funny to me. Yeah. I thought it was funny in a classic Hallmark way. I'm like, okay, I can see this is going, but it, it was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and she was stating, like, right, like, listening to yeah. it. Ruby, I'm like, <laughs> and Derek was, of course, being all, yeah. he's hilarious. Like, oh, Love that's Derek. you, that's you. He's talking about you because he said, some fiery <laughs> woman is going to come into your life. And yeah. That, that, that was, was really funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ruby, um, after that at some point goes back to the pawn shop to buy golf clubs um because she's going to help jake learn how to golf apparently yeah uh, or go- learn to golf better <laughs> and she learns that rose uh, was interested in some boat guy um who had a violent past and the the boat guy is named turns out to be captain kirk captain richard kirk <laughs> and so she goes to see him what do you guys think of ruby like we know this guy has a violent past he was um accused of a homicide for killing another guy on a boat and and she goes at night to the boat docks to go see him what'd you guys think of that i was like ruby this is irresponsible sleuthing okay like at least tell somebody like where you're gonna be you know like especially if you know the person like you know is like accused of killing somebody like and it's nighttime like this is just not not good things coming into play here exactly i was like girl what are you thinking right now (laughs) and i was like common sense like just yeah exactly sleuth responsibly okay (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Sleuth responsibly. Yeah, it needs a little. That needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and, you know, Jake shows up at the scene because Angela, um, Ruby's, uh, like, co-worker, I believe, uh, calls him. Thankfully, someone was thinking. Thank you. Yeah. Before. I know. And, uh, he shows up in the nick of time. So we begin to, so we have that, that whole story. Um, up at this point, were you guys suspecting anyone? I didn't really think much about Captain Kirk. I didn't, like, consider him much of a suspect. Um, I was actually, at this point, thinking Monica was the killer. I suspected the right person, um, like, halfway through. Like, I was thinking the daughter, and then I'm like, nah. And then I was like, this person did it, and I was right. I wasn't really sure what to think because they did seem to try to be selling um, the daughter and just how much like anger she had and stuff. Um, but I was, this was the second one I was able to guess the right person. The other two I did not, that we're going to talk about later. Um, but I was able to guess the right person for this one. Um, just again, looking at why is this person here? Do they have, you know, anything, purpose to be here really in this story? Um, but yeah, at this point, I mean, I was kind of thinking more the daughter, possibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I suspected Monica, I think because we hadn't really seen much of her yet. Like, she was kind of mm. like there in the background. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe, yeah, I don't know. But obviously, I was wrong. But uh, <laughs> then we learned the, some of the key points that what Ruby puts together. Because Ruby runs into Sloan at the high school. And Sloan lets it slip that she knows about Henry's baby. And how would she know about Henry's baby when he has not told anybody about mm-hmm. the baby? Mm-hmm. So, hmm, yes. So Sloan <laughs> lets that slip. We also learned she lied about when she got her tattoo. Uh, she has a karma tattoo. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that Ruby that Ruby really puts it together is on one of the notes, she notices that the date is written with the day first. So we write our, our dates, month, day, year. And this one was day, month, year, which is common in other countries mm-hmm. like Singapore, where Sloan yep. was. <laughs> and so, yes. So Ruby puts it all together that it's Sloan and um, kind of cleverly tricks her into making a confession to the entire auditorium. <laughs> Yes, I yeah. like that part. I was like, oh, yes, this is good. Like, get her in front of everybody, like, listening. Yeah, I thought that was really clever because, yeah, she just kind of leans her arm down on the little button to mm-hmm. put the intercom. But we learned that Sloan, I guess, tried to get Henry back. And then he rejected her because he was with Monica. And mm-hmm. those, so she blamed Rose and then um, went. She was broke because she had given all her money to Rose. And so <laughs> she she goes, she tries to change Henry's mind. Um, and she's like, well, maybe if I can get the money back for the house, we can fix this. So she goes back to Rose to get the money back. And Rose just laughs in her face. And she realizes, oh, this woman never cared for me. And uh, she says so she kills, kills Rose. And I'm okay with the story up here. But um what did you guys the, the, the part i could not wrap my mind around she started leaving the clues just so henry could get what he deserved because she was mad at henry at this point um mm-hmm. and that's why sloan started leaving the clues to ruby i'm like that seems too much of a risk like yeah yeah like, yeah the reason it didn't make sense yeah 
Yeah, I was like, that just seems a little far-fetched. Like, this case has been cold five years, and now I'm going to stir it back up and risk my life to get back at yeah. my ex. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, that seems like, uh, would somebody actually really do that? Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, I know what you mean. So that wraps up the, uh, the mystery. So let's talk a little bit more about Jake and Ruby. So, um, so I don't know about you guys. I, I didn't really care much for the first Ruby Herring movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember the second one. I may not have actually seen it. So this one was definitely my favorite of the, of the few. And yeah. what I really enjoyed about this one and their relationship. So Ruby's ex comes into town. And I just love that Jake was so mature about it. He, he like literally just asked her like, oh, how is it seeing your ex? And like, they just mm-hmm. have a mature conversation. It's no like, I'm going to get awkwardly jealous, even though we're not actually <laughs> dating. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, was there any like particular points that you loved about their developing relationship in this particular movie? I just, li- I just like them together. Like, and I like that they, they were kind of like, they were um, mature about it. You know, they, it wasn't like, I'm jealous. Like I'm going to go stoop and not, you know, not be, you know, mature about it. I like them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just wasn't like, all right, I'm going to act weird towards you now since there's <laughs> yeah. this other man that is in mm-hmm. your life. And I saw you guys eating at the diner or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. Like, and like you said, you they're know. not dating. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and I did like I thought it was cute the whole like him, her teaching him to golf I thought that was cute yeah. just it's kind of a role reversal and um and also I know that on when the, we did the interview with Taylor Cole she she loves golfing and she's an avid golfer so actually I think she said in real life she has more golfing experience than Steven so it's kind of like a real kind of moment because she you know golfing something she does a lot um i was wondering about that i'm like i wonder if taylor can actually golf like yeah and on her instagram too she she'll have pictures like of her and her stepdad or like with her family like golfing sometimes and she has the whole golfing outfits and the clubs and everything so uh yeah i thought that was a cute moment uh with them together doing that the stand behind you this is how you swing moment you know yep yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I loved at the end how she asked them, hey, really randomly, what's my favorite ice cream? Because I guess um, her oh, ex yeah. had, had taken the audacity to order her ice cream or something, and then he gets it wrong. Like, oh my gosh, this guy. Dude, if, you're looking bad. <laughs> if you already didn't think he was wrong for you, now you know. He orders your food and gets it wrong. <laughs> That's right. I forgot she asked him. Yeah, that was good. But as we know, Jake knew her favorite flavor was yeah. vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's vanilla. um so for this one i gave it uh three and a half stars i i liked it a lot i just i really couldn't get with that storyline of of sloan stirring up this whole thing just you know to to get back at henry and and risking obviously she did getting herself you know Mm -hmm. caught um and i just wish like for a third movie i i thought they needed a little more like that ruby and uh, jake needed some more like moments like good moments yeah. together like yeah. i was really disappointed they didn't have a moment at the dance like where, yeah. where, where was that i like, was too like soon where the dance scenes are yeah hallmark's I thing know. like we just yeah, a few minutes <laughs> so, so yeah i gave it three and a half what about you guys i'm gonna give it three like like the mystery i didn't really like you know um but i did like their chemistry taylor and um steven's mm-hmm. um chemistry it's not my i guess not my favorite out of the mystery series but it's definitely better than the first so 
I would definitely agree with that, Caroline. It's definitely better than the first one. And um, I, I would say I'm kind of in between you guys, 3.25. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're all in the same neighborhood here. Um, so yeah, because I think they do have good chemistry. And I'd like I just said, I was like, oh, I wish they would have had like a few more moments with them together. Um, but yeah. All right. Moving on to our third one, we have matchmaker mysteries a fatal romance and this is the second in the series uh starring danica mckeller as angie dove who will find your <laughs> love and victor webster <laughs> as kyle carter the detective and i have to say out of all like the detectives i feel like victor webster looks the most like how yeah. i'd envision a detective yeah he's mm. he definitely fits the part like he's definitely my favorite detective you know mm -hmm. him and chris are definitely yes. two of the best yeah yeah, I think he does a good job. I don't know, something about, I mean, he did play a detective in a, a Canadian series, which maybe that's part of it, is he knows how to kind of hold the notebook and stand and run <laughs> and all this stuff, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think he, he pulls it off well. Yeah. Yeah. And so in, uh, in this one, um, Angie is moderating a romance writers panel. And um, there's a particular writer named Beatrice Penn, uh, who's on this panel. Um, we very quickly meet her assistant, Margaret, and there's another writer on the panel, Helen Travers, and then there was a third, Sylvia Donner, who's a no-show. So Angie goes to, to moderate this panel, and um, as the panel is starting, Be Beatrice um, goes up to read from part of her book, and this fan stands up, starts yelling that... Mm you don't really care about your fans, you don't answer my letters, karma's coming for you, blah, blah, blah. And um, so very quickly, it's uh, not off to a great start for Beatrice. And um, she starts acting really funny as she's on the stand, like clearing her throat, she needs a drink. Um, she ends up not speaking and they just take her to the hospital to get her checked out. And then we learn later that she she died and she was poisoned. And I believe she was also poisoned with strychnine, which was what was used in Mystery 101. Isn't yeah. that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. So we have another strychnine poisoning. It's Overuse the, of, yeah, strychnine. Strychnine is the poison of 2020, <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently. And of course, in this movie, we have another ex in town. We have Ethan, who's Angie's ex. Um, and he's intertwined in this because he works for Evergreen Publishing, who represents Beatrice. And so he's their editor and CEO because his mother, or his mother passed, but she was, uh, that was her company, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we have this Ethan fellow. What do you guys think of Ethan? What were some of your first thoughts on Ethan? I knew he wasn't guilty. And I, I liked the dynamic with um, Danica's um, character, Angie, and um I like how um, jealous it made um, Kyle. What's his? Kyle, yes. <laughs> Thank you. So I like that. It was cute. I don't know. Ethan, I thought he, he was okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the actors at my favorite or what it is, but um, I thought that, you know, he did he did a good job, but um, I didn't think he did it either. Um but he, I mean, they did try to have moments where they definitely like tried to make it seem like, you know, mm -hmm. that he did. Um, but yeah. Yeah. My, my first thought, well, my first thought of him was, oh, that's the guy from Goodwitch. She was like Cassie's ex or, yes. or at least yeah. one of the data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I actually really liked him. I actually, I thought him and uh, Angie had some good chemistry too. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually a pretty good, you know, it wasn't like with um, 
Ruby Harrowing Rose is very oh, awkward. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of awkward, but they had a little bit more chemistry, I think, um, mm-hmm. than in Ruby Herring. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, Beatrice dies of poisoning. Um, so obviously this brings Angie into the, into the mystery because obviously she's a matchmaker, so she should not be just bumbling her way into mysteries for no reason. Um, but she gets intertwined in this and then, um, Margaret, who was the assistant of Beatrice, calls Angie because I guess Beatrice had signed a book for Angie's mother, I believe. And so Angie goes up to pick the book and we learn that Margaret is more than just an assistant. She's Beatrice's sister. Mm-hmm. How did you guys take that news? That, that they were sisters? I did not suspect that they were sisters. It was, it was shocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me by surprise. I was like, what? And I was like, why does it seem like this is like very hidden fact? Um, yeah. Yeah, because like she was very like Margaret was very like oh I don't know what the word is but like when she like goes she's bringing um she's bringing Beatrice something at the signing and she's and she like messed it up or something and she seems like oh, a bumbling yeah. assistant like oh sorry I did it wrong and so Beatrice came off as like the very like very arrogant kind of sister and Margaret's just mm. like the little one like in the shadow you know mm-hmm. yeah so that was um that was surprising news and she also learned some background about Beatrice and that she loved to dance um, and got accepted into Juilliard but she actually ended up having an injury where she shattered her hips so um, instead she became a writer and that's kind of how she got there. Um, we also learned that Beatrice has an ex-husband well almost ex-husband they were separated and hadn't quite finalized the papers I believe mm-hmm. um, named Ted and he owns a restaurant and then um, Margaret tells Angie that she thinks Ethan is involved with her sister's death. Margaret said that Ethan thought B was responsible for his his own mother's death. I never really understood that, but that's what Margaret said. So Angie, of course, is like, oh, no, it cannot be Ethan. Of course not. Uh, she talks to him and learns that Beatrice was planning to leave Evergreen Publishing, which would have killed the company. Mm-hmm. So we already have a couple suspects here. Um, did you guys have anyone you were suspecting early on? The sister. Okay. I thought it was a sister, like, right away. Like, like she had to have done it. But. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah, I did. And even though, like, I knew I shouldn't think it was her, like, I just knew, it just seemed like she had, like, so much motive, um, you know, to do it because of, you know, just the thing with her sister and, um, you know, how she treated her and you know, the fact that she was the one who was, you know, actually doing the, the writing. So, yeah, I was definitely thought it was her. And I thought it was her till the end. Me too. Oh, she had too much. I was like, there's just too much motive for her not mm-hmm. to do it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a, there's a lot of motive. And, and especially with their, their weird sister dynamic. So, um, also during this movie, um, Margaret's um, house gets broken into. So, her and B's house that they were in. Um, and only Ted had the access code, so a little more suspicion with the ex-husband. And then we meet Sylvia Donner, who was not Sylvia, but is it a pen name for an author, um, who is actually a guy, because he doesn't think, you know, women want to read romance novels written by a guy named Neil. Um, <laughs> so he uses Sylvia Donner as his pen name. Um, and says he wasn't at the, the panel because his, his alternator broke down. Um, Oh, which yeah. uh, seems a little questionable mm-hmm. because his wife comes in and is like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with the car? <laughs> like, yeah, that seemed convenient. 
And so um, Angie, of course, cannot let any of this go. She's knee deep into this mystery by this point. Um, so because she actually went to see to meet Sylvia. Uh, was where Kyle finds her (laughs) sitting on the couch drinking tea Um, and then she goes to the hotel to search B's room and what do you guys think about her stealing the maid's cart and pretending to be a maid to get in that was so funny (laughs) yeah I thought it was funny like a fun little you know adventure and you know Danica played um, a maiden, I think, another movie. So yeah, yeah, a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. so I thought yeah. that was a, kind of a nod to that in a way too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, oh, I love that Christmas movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, in the room, she finds a cufflink with the initials EP on it. Mm. Mm. Ethan Plum. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's what she thinks anyway. So. During this whole movie so far, she's also, of course, she's a matchmaker. So she's got this this woman she's trying to make a match for named Nancy. And she she gets one suitor who's like perfect, meets all this woman's crazy high maintenance criteria. And then she has another one who's not quite what this woman is looking for. Mm-hmm. And of course, Andrew's like, well, why don't I just bring everything together? I'll set their date up at Ted, the ex-husband's restaurant, so I can yeah. be everywhere. <laughs> yep and um so they she goes with her assistant Paige yeah so they go to the restaurant early um to to square away some details and uh Angie's able to search Ted's phone she finds out that B was texting him so again more suspicion on Ted the ex-husband and then Angie finds when she gets back to her office a file on her desk with letters from Caroline not our oh. Caroline, a oh. different Caroline. Caroline's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the the fan that um, that was standing up and yelling at the the uh, panel, mm. and she goes to try to find Caroline at the address. She's not there anymore. She left without notice, so uh, she's uh, suspiciously gone. Then uh, they go to see the other panelist, Helen Travers. And um, I guess Helen had started a rumor that Beatrice didn't write her own books. Mm-hmm. And Helen points the finger at Margaret. She thinks Margaret's responsible. So we got, all, we got all these different things going on at this point. Then Angie visits Margaret again. And she sees that Margaret has a lit degree. Um, a degree in literature. Because at this point, I think I already was pretty certain that Margaret was writing the books instead of Beatrice what did you guys mm-hmm. think definitely yeah. yeah yeah I think that's what we all like suspected her because yeah with that kind of more even greater motive like like this right. is actually your work and you know she's, yeah like you're not getting any credit and your sister yeah. is treating you horribly and she's treating you ter- yeah terribly so yeah and then um so again with the the matchmaker story um she brings Neil um who is Sylvia Donner and his wife onto the set to watch because Neil's wife really loves Angie Dove's show. And they get to see um, Nancy, the woman, match with the guy who she didn't think met her criteria, but was in fact perfect for her, which Angie knew. Of all course. Yeah. She's a matchmaker. <laughs> she just knows. <laughs> and, um, and of course, we, we begin to find all the other pieces. We learn Margaret was in fact writing her sister's books because she felt guilty about her sister's accident because I guess she was there. And they fought, and that's part of why your sister like fell on some like cliff or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then 
in the big final takedown scene, of course, um, Angie is in her office. She hears someone. She finds Neil creeping mm. around. And he's like, oh, my wife left her scarf here. And I was like, yeah. but yeah, yeah, come in after hours. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. So I guess, what do you guys think? So to me, he didn't know that, that Angie suspected him. But I still think it was really weird he would come there in the dark. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that seemed weird. Yeah, definitely. I was like, what are you doing? Like, Yeah, so I was, I was a little curious. But he has, he promised, um, so he also writes mysteries. Um, in addition to romance novels, and he had promised Angie she would get an advanced copy of his next mystery. And she sees that he uses a different name, a different pen name for his mysteries. Mm. Eli Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, P. <laughs> what? And of, of course, course. And Angie puts all the clues together and she tries to call Kyle real quick. But um, Neil quickly puts together that she's on to him and they have a little. Uh, take down with uh so oh yeah this one was funny too that was, yeah. that was funny <laughs> <laughs> so first she tries to just talk him down and then uh kyle shows up at the background and he gives her a little like head signal yeah. <laughs> and she throws the clothes rack at neil <laughs> to, to, which was really a pretty i think a pretty clever move yeah, yeah. i mean use what you got yeah yeah i mean it gets her out of the way put something in between them and kyle's all like why'd you do that i just went for you to get out of the way <laughs> so yeah um and it turns out um and i never really felt like we got a lot of information to make this connection but i guess um neil killed beatrice because him and beatrice had an affair and um he or she was gonna tell or she wanted to come clean with her husband but he didn't want all that getting out and for his marriage and i feel like we really could have never put that together yeah (laughs) ourselves so yeah, so what did you guys think over all of this this mystery? It wasn't my it, it it wasn't my favorite mystery. Like it just it just seemed kind of far far out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just can't picture Danica in a in a mystery. <laughs> so that kind of like maybe that kind of affects me when I'm watching. It just she just doesn't fit the mystery movie type to me. Yeah, at least she's too sweet to be in a mystery. <laughs> too sweet to be mixed up in murder yeah i definitely feel like the matchmaker mysteries like is lighter and has like more comedy and that's maybe that's why because yeah i don't really see her as the more like the slightly darker tone like at all just i don't know like Mm -hmm. you said just because of how she is Uh, so i feel like this one does bring like more comedy into it um especially at times um but i mean i I enjoyed it i i thought it was good i mean compared to the first one Mm. No, I think I like the first one better. I don't know I if it's kind of fresh or yeah. I like the what, first one but yeah. Yeah, I I found I was pretty bored during a lot of this movie. I It just didn't draw me in. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not quite sold on Angie and Kyle yet. I think I like the end. I, they had a little bit of a yeah. moment at the end. But I thought it was so awkward when they went to visit Helen and she had that gate. And he just like flings her over it when she's short enough, she could have easily ducked under it. And I was like, why are you just like forcing her over this gate? Like, I don't know. I was like, that was really weird to me. Yeah. I think they have potential. I just, I was, I think the mystery just didn't really capture me. Yeah. So, yeah. But like, like, like with, at least with um, Ruby and stuff, she has to be in the, like the, the murder and stuff. It Mm -hmm. just felt like 
kind of like they're trying to like make her into like make her be a part of the the murder part like it just felt forced mm-hmm. yeah. like because then too like with that like like you said like it's not her job so then we have the matchmaker story which again i was bored with because they didn't really give it a lot of attention because it wasn't the point and so yeah. it just feels like yeah. this little st- that's why i like the, side story that's yeah. why i like the first one better is because it was part of the mm-hmm. the, the, the main storyline yeah right. i think that helped yeah mm-hmm. so i think for this one i'd probably only give it like two, 2.75 i i didn't i was pretty bored i was really it's- care for it yeah, this is 2.75 for me, too. Um, let's see. I would say maybe, like, 2.5? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, seems like we're all pretty much on the on the same page, but I think it has potential. Like, I think it could be really good. It just it yeah. needed a better mystery. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but that brings us to our very last, but certainly not least, a mystery of Aurora Tea Garden, which we know has been going on a very yeah. long series very um, long yeah um and i think this one was like the fifth one with niall in it where he's yeah. been a main character somewhere around there mm-hmm. um and this one was called heist and seek and so um that name yeah I, that was a pretty clever name that's a good name yeah <laughs> and so of course we have the lovely candace cameron beret as aurora tea garden or roe as she is called and niall meter as uh nick, nick yeah. yeah nick miller yeah it helps because it's N.M. now Mater and Nick Miller. That's how I remember yeah. it. Oh, that's, that's good. You're right. <laughs> so we, the, the big part of the story is that there's a library fundraiser and there's this authentic crown headpiece on display um, that was supposedly worn by Queen Elizabeth. And there's quite a few people from this whole museum storyline. We have a guy named Talbot who is uh, our new security guard who was hired specifically for this event. We have Kelly Stevens. She's an assistant director of the museum um, who was not a fan of this exhibit being brought to the library. She thinks it's too risky. She doesn't want it to be there. She was firmly against it. We have James Redding, who uh, is on the board of directors, and he was uh, very much, she's the one who talked the board into letting this exhibit come. And so um, one of the initial scenes, we have them kind of setting this up. We have the detectives, Lynn and Arthur, just like very like, gotta, especially Lynn. She's like, okay, we gotta like make sure everything is together and like protecting this headpiece. And um, toward the, the big reveal, we have a man named Howard who's going near the stage and Lynn's like, what are you doing? Like, get off the stage like, get away <laughs> from the headpiece sir <laughs> like, um and he knocks over a tray that philip rose nephew is carrying it's, it's this whole big you know mess and talbot the security guard goes to get a trash bag to help clean it up and so of course all is well at this point although we know it's not because after this whole you know big mess with the the food going on the floor they do their big reveal and the headpiece is missing. Yes, bum, bum, bum. of course. <laughs> and so um, this one was a little different in that um, there was kind of two two um, people responsible for the crime. And the first one, they pretty much outed immediately. Um, they start questioning people. Um, they, they search everybody except for this lady, Maya Kwan, I believe her name mm-hmm. was, who mm-hmm. refuses to be searched. She's just like, no, I know my rights. You can't just, you know, search me. 
so very quickly they they put together that since nobody has the headpiece on them that oh someone took out the trash when um Phil, well philip did philip took out the trash with the food and somebody must have slipped it into the trash mm-hmm. and um lynn and arthur reviewed the footage they see that talbot had been reaching into the the curtains and they quickly put together that talbot put the headdress or the headpiece into the trash bag that philip took out to the trash but there had to be an accomplice because talbot went straight like he left straight away he didn't get it from the trash so there had to be a second person to get to get the thing from the trash i don't know about you guys my head was already spinning and this is only like 10 minutes into this movie i'm just like yeah yeah what is happening <laughs> yeah there was a lot going on and like I was like already hoping for something else to happen with Nick and Rose, so, like I wasn't mm-hmm. like I was like I need to concentrate. I need to concentrate. <laughs> yes, we, but then yeah. I know from the previews that he's yeah. he's gonna pop the question. Yeah, so like, I was already distracted with that. So I'm like I gotta like I had to watch it twice to like fully get it. You know? Yeah, I, I I did too, and I was like, there's there's a lot of people in this one, um, for sure. And so very quickly, so we know Talbot put the the crown in the in the trash bag but then he gets shot Mm. so that's dead end now because we can't question him and we also learned that howard the man who was up on the stage and and partially caused the ruckus was a convicted felon for grand larceny so he's been known to steal things before i didn't suspect him though i i i knew i knew he didn't do it yeah, I don't think I did. I'm trying to remember who I suspected the I, first time around. I, I guessed it right away who it was. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew right away. I'm like, that's it. Like, mm, I did not guess who it was this time. I was, it was just so much going on. It's like a tornado. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I made a guess f- for most of the movie because there was like a tornado of information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so we have some interesting information about Howard. Um, we learn from James Redding that the first uh, security guy who was assigned to the event disappeared. Mm-hmm. And his wife just thought he left because they were like arguing um, or something. Um, we also learn more about um, Nick's friend, Eric. So Nick and Roe have trying to set up Sally with Nick's friend, Eric. <laughs> he seems like a great guy, even though Sally's not yeah. really interested. <laughs> yeah. And um, but we learned he Eric has bought some artifacts of the that style before, and while they're learning some of that information, uh, they're all in the library. And Sally gets cold, and of course he's a gentleman and gives her his jacket. But then they find a ticket, or Sally finds a ticket in his pocket from the fundraiser that he bought weeks ago, but just days before at the house he acted like he never heard of it. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think about this whole suspicion of Eric? So we learn this information, but then we learn very quickly from him talking to Nick that he's like, I just didn't want her to think, you know, like I was a dork kind of thing. Like, I'm like all interested in this stuff. So what did you guys think of him? Like, I, I knew it wasn't him because, like, I I just didn't think it was, could be him. But, like, I, I did think it was kind of suspicious that he didn't tell, you know, mm-hmm. why he was there. Yeah, I kind of the same. I I, I was kind of like, okay, like, why wouldn't he just tell her? Like, okay, I get, I guess, like, you know, he didn't want to seem whatever, but I just kind of thought it was weird. I was like, why is he, because they were definitely trying to make us think he was a suspect, because 
you know, they were trying to do the ticket and then the map and um, mm-hmm, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really think he did it, but I just thought it was strange that he wouldn't just tell her. You know? Yeah. I felt like he was a very odd character. Like, I don't know. Something about him was, I mean, I didn't like suspect him, but yeah, I was like, kind of like you said, like, why wouldn't he just tell her? Like, yeah, I don't know. He just, he, he seemed almost a little out of place in this story a little bit, but anyway, so Roe and Sally search his desk and like you mentioned they they find uh the map or the the floor plan I think of the banquet room he's like well that was just like given to me like that night like it was just like in the papers yeah like everybody got it so um, we have that so Sally and Roe do some digging they talk to the wife of the original security guard they learn that she had she tracked him on snapchat (laughs) and learned he had been at the docks um close to where he was i guess supposedly having an affair and that's close to where this woman lived and so sally and roe go down to the docks to see because it was the last place he was seen and they discover a body Mm, of course because why wouldn't they (laughs) you know like one does (laughs) stumble upon a body yeah in a small town <laughs> so the body is of course the the original security guard who talbot replaced his name was reyes that was his last name and he was also shot just like talbot and of course since you know howard has a past the detective searches home they find a safe in his home that has a gun and same caliber as the one that killed the two security guards but of course before they have a chance to even talk about howard he's jumped out the bathroom window <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs> but it turns out he ran not because he was guilty but because being convicted felon it's a violation of his parole to have a gun but it ends up not even being the gun that was used to kill the two they they do the forensics and it's not so you know obviously that kind of puts him off the hook a little bit there and mm-hmm. going back to the museum staff we learn that james redding is kind of like basically they they don't want him on the board of directors anymore kelly becomes the new director because she uses her like well i told you guys like you shouldn't have done this and she's kind of savage like you know she is i I was like wow she's coming on strong don't mess with her yeah and we also learned that her brother thought about stealing the crown to teach the museum a lesson which seems a little yeah that are fetched (laughs) (laughs) and so i forget why but sally goes back to talk with james redding and at the same time she does, uh, Roe and Nick are together. And um, Nick mentions that James Redding's wife was a descendant of Lester. So there's like a personal connection to this, to this headpiece. And they had never before then thought to search the wife. And so they searched the wife and they learned that his wife had filed for divorce. And they're like, well, maybe he did this whole thing to, to prove, to get his wife back. And so Roe calls Sally because she knows she just went there. And um, Redding sees right through that phone call. He, he's like, she just got told that, you know, I, no, of I'm the person. <laughs> and uh, we learn that he has a, there's a box on his desk. It has the headpiece. It has this Shakespeare book that was also stolen. And he, uh, he ties Sally up. Oh, golly. <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't want to shoot her then because yeah. he would draw a scene, you know. So he's going to take her down in the basement. Wait Some till it's closed, yeah. Yeah, wait till it's closed, then I'll shoot you. But then I'm like, well, maybe I don't have to shoot you. I'll just leave. And <laughs> so obviously, Rao and Nick are going there because they know she's in danger. Um, Arthur and Lynn are also close behind, a few minutes behind. 
and we have what I think was a pretty darn epic fight scene. Yes. Yes, I thought it was good. Like, this one was fun. I like this one. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the, the, the best scene. out of the, yeah. Much better than the fake pair of scissors from Mr. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how, like, Rose was just, like, standing with the giant spear, like. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> right on play. Don't miss. Yeah, she has experience of, like, how many movies? I mean, this is yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. She knows yeah. what she's doing, you know. Yeah. And Candace <laughs> says she loves doing those type of scenes too, so Yeah. 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 So I love I thought that was really well done. Even just like the there was one point the camera angle it looked down upon Ro and Nick as they jumped in opposite directions. Like I just love like the uh, the cinematography of that. I thought it was mm-hmm. like it was just really well shot it, and done. It, it, it was. It, mm-hmm. it was really good. And um so yeah, so they wrap up the case. They learned that he stole the head headpiece uh, for the purpose of trying to do some grand gesture for his wife. I can't remember. Did you guys say anything? Someone suspected him from the beginning. I did. Caroline. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What What made you think of him, or did you have just a inkling, or did you have a reason? I just just felt like he he did it. like he was just like he was just too like. He was like, it's gonna be a, like okay. Like he, he just, he just seemed like he did it. Like I just, just the way he looked. I'm like, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked suspicious. Yeah. He had the red giveaway yeah. to Caroline. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, that's what I, that's what I tweeted to like Candace on during the thing. I'm like, it's the British guy. I forgot his name. I'm like, it's the British guy. <laughs> Caroline just has spidey senses, and she just. I knows. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, so that's the mystery. Well, let's get back to the the big thing here of, yeah. of Nick trying to propose to Ro and he gets interrupted like five thousand times more than once. Yeah, yeah. Felt, felt like a lot. Yeah, because there was the dinner and at the police station, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I was like, please don't do it at the police station. I, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, in a police station, it's not good. <laughs> I was like, just no. <laughs> Even if you go outside the police station, but you can't do it in a police station. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I'm glad he didn't do it there. I'm Me glad too. Lynn interrupted them. Yeah. yeah, I was glad that time. I was like, ooh, he, they just saved you. <laughs> Telling your kids, mommy, I proposed yeah. to mommy at the police station. <laughs> like for the rest of your life. Like that's just so weird. Yeah. And it was like right after she found the body. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, proposed. this isn't romantic. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, anyway. Uh, so, so the actual proposal happened at the library. What did you guys think was, about the the final proposal? That was so sweet. I know I, I love the little line about like I I want to like something about her eyes. I can't remember, but all this all that was like so sweet. I, I love a good proposal. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love I, now. Like, there's no question. Like now, it's like one of my top like Hallmark hunks. So that that's that's why. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was good that it was a library. That felt fitting. That felt good. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the way it was shot, kind of like down the aisle. I thought that was yeah. yeah. Cool. I thought that was nice. And um, I think Niall and Candace have great chemistry. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was a great moment, and I was just had all the feels, so it was yeah. good. Yeah, I, so you guys, we, this is the first um, time I've been on with you guys, so you might not know, but I'm not a romantic surprisingly mm-hmm. um but i actually thought this proposal was pretty cute i actually did like it um yeah and and i'm a little new to aurora tea garden but 
one thing I thought a little interesting is it seems like the relationship progressed really quickly. It really, like, it really did. Like, considering the other guy was in like almost not twice as many movies, but a lot more movies than that. Yeah, it seemed in comparison, especially, it seemed way quicker. Yeah. But, like, the reason why I like Nick so much more is because, like, he supports her, like, Ro, and her crazy, like, <laughs> things. Like, the other guy, um, yeah, Martin, Martin. like, like he, he just, like, don't do this. Like, Nick just goes full, full on, like, I'm yeah. with you, bro. That's why I That's like That's true. Yeah. yeah. He did, like, he, he does support her. He's like, please tell me when you're doing something because I don't mm-hmm. want you to get hurt. But he supports her, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so I do appreciate <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, unless she's snooping in his friend's desk, then then a little yeah, less supportive. Yeah, he didn't like that, but I understand. <laughs> but I mean, they were—he was still pretty like chill about it. Like he didn't—I mean, he was a little irritated. I think, yeah, a little hurt, but but nothing dramatic, like over the top dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're 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 a good good match for each other. So, what would you guys rate this one? Ooh, I'm going with like four point seven five. Ooh. I like I love Aurora's like my favorite mysteries like mm-hmm. out of everything and um because it's I've been watching it from the beginning and um so I, I like them and I love Nile and I love Candace and even though the mystery like I knew who the killer was it was still like I, I still enjoyed it and that's why all right how about yeah. you um yeah i would say a solid 4.5 i enjoyed the mystery it was kind of like you jess it was like so much going on i didn't even have time to guess because it was just yeah. like, all this like chaos and i was like what's going on and then it was over and the proposal was great um and i thought the mystery i was solid i thought that was a very strange but unique motive um so yeah that's different <laughs> got points for being different um so yeah i think 4.5 yeah i think i'm gonna be just under and give it 4.25 i I um I really loved aspects of this, but so so I'm new to Aurora Tea Garden. I I watched this like four the four right before this the ones of Nile, pretty close together. And I thought some of the other mysteries were a lot more interesting than this one. They they just appealed to me more. So I, I didn't like the mystery as much in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I did like uh, the other aspects of it, like the big fight scene and and the proposal was pretty cute. And um and there was like some fun quirky moments too, like. Oh shoot! There's like this one part where like Sally is like all like all afraid of Lynn. Like you make me like feel guilty. And, like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lynn is yeah. All, Lynn is all intense. Those, the supporting characters are like all supporting characters in Aurora, like Lynn and Arthur and um, Aida and um, Sally. Like I, I they, they they all have good chemistry like as a as a group. Like because mm-hmm. they've been doing it for so long, but like yeah. they just I just like them all together. Yeah, absolutely. That wraps up this one. Um, so yeah, we've covered all four of our of our mysteries. Um, if you had to pick one out of all four of these, which one was your favorite? Oh, Aurora, just because, just because the proposal, like that, that that made it, and then Mystery One Hundred One, mm-hmm. and then Ruby Herring, and then Matchmaker. Cool. What about uh, you, Anne? 
I don't know if I can do a whole order, but uh, <laughs> it's to be too hard for me to think about. But uh, I just love Mystery 101, so that's my favorite. It's just, I just can't get enough of Chris and Jill. They could just put them on everything and I'd watch them. So, um, yeah. And I thought I was so looking forward to the kiss. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yes. I was I was just like, I was squealing. It was bad. Um, so, yeah. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Mystery 101 was my top one. And I think Ruby Herring and Aurora were pretty close for me. I think I like them kind of both equally. And then um, uh, Matchmaker was my least favorite. But uh, yeah, if you're listening, let us know uh, if you agree, disagree, which ones were your favorites as well. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts on all of these four movies that we've recapped. And Caroline, where can people find you on social media? You could find me at Twitter at Caroline R. And Anne, what about you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AWScott21. All right. And you can find me at JessBSWBlog on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod or Hallmarkies Podcast across all social media, including iTunes and YouTube. Please feel free to leave us your ratings and reviews and give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you like our content. And thank you all so much for listening. And we can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.